Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode eight of Trips M. I hope everybody had a great weekend, won some money, made some money, enjoyed their off time from work, whatever happened in your life. I hope it went well. Um, today is an off day for me from work, so it's nice and chill. Got to sleep in until nine. I know for some people that's not sleeping in, but for me, waking up at six thirty, seven every day is is the norm now. So. It feels good to have an off day. Got the little shave job done, cleaned up the face, kind of kind of was getting out of whack. Uh, had to pull it back. But anyway, in the betting world, I actually kind of broke even a little bit. I went in a little bit on a hole, but then I won back-to-back bets in the soccer world. I, put, I followed through on what I said on Friday's episode. Uh, I, I bet the draw in the Liverpool-Manchester United game, and it hit. And then I put something together for the Man City Palace game, and that hit as well. So, and then I didn't have any luck in the football games. I got some of the parlay ins- insurance, so I got my money back for hitting a certain amount of of bets right. And in other games, it just didn't hit. And my my streak of not winning an NBA parlay as well has been diabolical. Just players decide to have the worst nights of their lives, or just come short. Uh, I'm talking to you, Tobias Harris. Why the fuck do you have to step out of bounds? And the Sixers organization as a whole, you're playing uh, the Memphis Grizzlies with uh, John Morant returning, still injured, getting uh, reserved minutes, and you let them win with with uh, the Sixers producing 27 turnovers, which is unheard of. It was literally, they thought they were playing on Christmas Day. Freaking giving gifts, but absolute nonsense. But uh, moving on, yeah, so the betting was kind of even today. There's not much going on. You have all day uh, the NBA, and then there's only one Prem game. You have Arsenal going up against Newcastle, which was a part of Friday's slate of predictions, or pick I should say, that Evan and I did. Our, our records right now for that current week, uh, Evan is sitting at 3-5. and five. I'm sitting at 5-3. and three. A couple went in my direction, so this week's looking to be positive for me again. And I wanted to touch on the upcoming games too because this match week is extended. There are matches uh, tomorrow being Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. And then there's one on Saturday. So I wanted to touch on a couple of those games. It's not too much, but give you my take on them. Uh, so quickly, I guess, uh, I'll leave the recapping of those past games to Friday's episode. I don't want to give you too much. I'll save my takes on that for Friday. Uh, but for today's game, Monday, it's looking decent. Uh, I did say Arsenal was going to win this by, by a couple goals. Uh, Newcastle looked terrible going forward, but there might be a sneaky, sneaky, leaky goal there from Arsenal. Who knows? Uh, but moving on Tuesday, we have two matches coming up. We have West Ham hosting West Brom. Uh, West Ham got a nice 1-0 result over Burnley. They needed that to stay in the top 10, sitting in ninth. And they're coming up against a West Brom team who are still in that relegation zone, but just got a huge win over Wolves. It was a derby match that they pulled out, 3-2 win, coming out of two penalties scored by uh, Mateus Pereira. Big Sam really loved it. And you and Evan and I would never have guessed in a million years that West Brom would score three goals in a game, which is unheard of. but. West Ham are a side that, going forward, Mikel Andonio did score uh, in their 1-0 win over Burnley. But other than that, their chances aren't, they're not creating too many chances. 
And that West Brom three goal match was uh, once in a blue moon. So I think this is going to be a lowly scored game. Going to be close. I'm going to say I'm going to say it's going to be a draw here. I don't see either one getting uh, an advantage over one another. So a draw would be safe for me to say here. If you want to increase your odds, go with West Brom and a draw. Do a double chance. It'll probably be a little bit increased of odds there. Uh, the second match on Tuesday tomorrow, we have Leicester hosting my team Chelsea. Chelsea did get a 1-0 win over Fulham, which they scraped out. I did say it'd be a 1-0 win to Chelsea. Um, they just did not look good going forward. Giroud was invisible. Pulisic had a few chances. He scuffed, and and Timo Werner came in as a substitute. He He is looking low on confidence right now. You can see it in his body language. It's just... Very sad to see, but Mason Mount pulled the game by the scruff of its neck and got the, got the goal that we needed off a rebound punched out by Areola, or palmed out, I should say, and he blasted it bottom corner, which is great. We needed that result really bad. Uh, Reese James has been out the past couple matches as Piliqueta has been putting in great, uh, great recent form. He's looking nice in the back. Uh, going forward, he's putting in some decent balls, but his main thing is the defensive side. He's a lockdown fullback who's great one-on-one, so him and uh, whoever's on his side there on the right center back do pretty well. But for this match, Leicester dangerous on the counterattack, and I would, see Ch- I would say Chelsea can dominate possession here, but uh, James Madison, Harvey Barnes, and Leicester, and, um, Vardy, and uh, yeah, Jamie Vardy going forward are pretty dangerous. This is a crucial match for both teams, I should I would say. Uh Leicester with a win here can keep themselves in the race for top of the table. Whereas Chelsea need this win to get to crack into that top six. Mm, uh, being biased, I want to say Chelsea, but this something tells me Leicester is going to be in this match. So I want to say it's a high-scoring affair, but with Chelsea's recent form, I don't know if they can keep up with that. But I think with how Frank's holding himself right now in this current run of games, and he's going to stick it out here, I think Chelsea does get the win here. I don't know by how much, but I do think they get the win. I think they hold Leicester off. Thiago Silva in the back has been looking great. Uh, Mendy just got his first clean sheet in seven matches, so... I think this is the run of form they're going to go on to get back into the mix of Chelsea here in a close one, maybe. Uh, we move on to Wednesday. There's two matches. We have Man City hosting Aston Villa. Man City are an absolute tear right now. No, nothing looks like uh, well, nothing looks like I can't even talk right now. Nobody looks like they could stop Man City on their run of form. Uh, in their last five, they have five straight wins. Uh, they're looking like an absolute train. Aston Villa, uh, their past couple of matches have been postponed due to uh, virus outbreaks in their camp. So they're three games behind some teams. It's, uh, three matches need to be made up. So they could jump a lot of teams in the table with these makeup matches. They have two in these upcoming games. Uh, but I don't see them getting the job done here against Man City. Man City are on absolute tear right now. I don't know who's going to stop them. But I'm just going to say Man City straight up here easy. Uh, next, we have Fulham hosting United. United getting that draw against Liverpool in the 0-0, whereas Fulham lost 1-0 to Chelsea. They could, they looked like they deserved to get a point out of that match, but 
it wasn't meant to be. Fulham in that relegation battle. Right now sitting in that top 18th position, only four points behind Burnley. Man United defensively have been looking great. Uh, they have not been leaking goals, which is what you'd like to see. But going forward, they're not creating too or they're not capitalizing on too many chances, I should say. Um, whereas you have Fulham, who always look like they're in games. It's just that final push. Uh, Cavalero missed a sitter against that Chelsea game, where they should have equalized, but. They're very inexperienced going forward. Their midfield looks okay, and their back line it is all right at times. Ariel is a solid goalkeeper they have. I do say this could be a scary match for United. It could be a a bogey match for them here. It, Fulham could sneak up on them. But I do think United pull this one out. I think they keep that run going. They have to pull this game out because City's not going to stop. Uh, winning so I do think United get a win here away from home next Thursday there's only one match we have Liverpool hosting Burnley Liverpool 68 matches unbeaten in the Premier League at home uh, continuing that on I think they get that here against Burnley too I think this is a game that they're going to open things up and everybody's going to start scoring they have no goals in their last three matches uh, their last game they scored was a 1-1 draw against West Brom, which was poor. Um, they're really needing a game to break out and let everybody loose. I think this is the match. Uh, Burnley's a side that do not, they don't give up too many goals. They're down there for the least amount of goals, but they cannot score. So I think it's safe to say Liverpool get a clean sheet here, and I think it's a 2 to 3 nothing win. And last game on this slate, we have next Saturday, or this upcoming Saturday, I should say, Aston Villa hosting Newcastle. Both of these teams have not played during this week, so it's going to be hard to say with who gets injured in those matches previous and if there's more COVID outbreaks. But going off their current form in that, I think Aston Villa get this win here. Uh, to, to be very safe, I think Newcastle can get a draw. So go with a Villa win or draw. I think Ollie Watkins really needs a game to start scoring. He hasn't scored in his last eight in the league, and that's very poor from him. He was a guy that scored 25-plus goals in the championship last year. Sometimes that doesn't convert over, and we're seeing that now in his current form, how he's doing that. Goals are getting taken by the wingers, but... Newcastle always come out in a five back. I think Aston Villa can capitalize on that with the pressure. They do at times, can, or I should say they control games at times with possession if they come up against a similar side in stature. So I think Aston Villa would get a win here. Uh, moving on to other sports and stories going on. We just had the divisional round of the NFL playoffs conclude with uh, the four teams moving on to the championship matches. That first match, we had the Packers beating the Rams 32-18, to the only match to hit the over, I believe. I think that Bucks game was really close, but the Packers controlled this game. Aaron Donald did not, did not play every snap. He wasn't at 100% with those ribs. Uh, but the Packers on offense looked dominant. It didn't look like they could have been stopped hardly ever. 
Aaron Rodgers is playing the best ball of his career right now. I would say he's just an absolute unit. He did get a rushing touchdown too to cap it off. Did the he should have did the discount double check move, but did not. Uh, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adam are absolute monsters too, as with his weapons, and he does have some side guys too with Lazard and Tunyon, uh, about a scantling as well. I mean, the Packers are my pick to win the whole thing. I don't know if anybody can stop them. Maybe the Bills. I think I think the 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 final the Super Bowl is going to be the Packers versus Bills, especially now with the news from the Chiefs. Uh, but yeah, the Packers cruise this one. Uh, the other match on Saturday was the Bills versus the Ravens. Bills won seventeen to three. It was a very a very defensive match. Nothing on offense could go. But it was well planned out by both teams how to stop the other offense. Uh, the Bills did a better job, though, holding the Ravens to three points. Uh, held the the Ravens to under 130 rushing yards, which is massive because that is their whole offense, the run game. The offensive side, the, the Josh Allen held to 206 passing yards, but Stephon Diggs did have himself a day, eight receptions, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he leads the league in receiving yards, and it's obvious why. He's a deep threat. He's an absolute pace monster. Nothing can stop him. So the Bills are looking solid, too. They're both going into these uh, conference championship games as the favorites, I would say. Uh, Sunday's matches, we had the Chiefs pulling out a win over the Browns 22-17. to Controversial with the touchback ruling and the missed targeting call resulting into that fumbled into the den zone. Uh, could have been an absolute momentum shifter going into the half. The Browns only being down by a couple points rather than two possessions. Um, and the major news coming out of that is Patrick Mahomes in the second half was ruled out with a concussion. So the timeline of him coming back for the game on Sunday against the Bills is questionable. Chad Henney did enough to get the win, but in a straight-up game, I don't know if he can pull all the shots Mahomes does. It'll be very interesting to see, especially going up a Bills defense that is very good compared to the Chiefs defense, which, in my opinion, is fraudulent at times. Teams can open them wide open, and I think the Bills will do that too. But in this game specifically, the Chiefs did just enough. Kelsey had himself a day. Eight receptions, 109 yards with a touchdown. Tyreek Hill doing the same eight, eight catches for 110, but no touchdown. An absolute two-headed monster there. Uh, the run game, not as much. With, still with uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire being out, they have to rely on Darrell Williams. He did have a decent day on the ground, 78 yards from 13 carries. I, th I thought the Browns did deserve this one, man. They played decently. Rashard Higgins showing what he has. Uh, five catches for 88 yards. Uh, Jarvis Landry getting a touchdown. And Njoku had himself a nice start to the game. Just not enough. They couldn't get the job done. Uh, I felt like they did get screwed with that call. And I don't know how that targeting call isn't reviewable. It's absolute bullshit. But uh, a fantastic year from Cleveland put to an end now. And we're seeing a matchup in the AFC Championship match that we all thought would happen. Uh, and then the final divisional game, we had the Tampa Bay Bucks getting revenge over the Saints in 
New Orleans. Uh, very low, uh, or I should say an underwhelming day from the two quarterbacks, both uh, sub-200 passing yards, but the deciding factor of the game was turnovers, the Bucks having none, whereas the Saints and Drew Brees threw three interceptions, which, ca- which caused them the loss, I would say, in the most part. But also, Tampa Bay's defense did hold the the uh, the weapons of New Orleans to uh, subpar days. Alvin Kamara did not get in the end zone. Neither did Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas didn't even have a catch on the day. Uh, so they did a very good job there. Offensively, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones splitting duties on the ground, both getting 63 yards rushing. Whereas uh, Leonard Fournette on the day was great running the ball and catching the ball, getting a touchdown and 44 yards receiving. Mike Evans also getting on the board. So Tampa Bay is looking like a very strong contender going to Lambeau Field. Uh, I'm uh, looking at, I got to look at what the line is for this game right now. Uh, Three and a half favorite going to Green Bay over under 51. I really like that over. Both of these teams can score. Uh, the scary part is Tampa Bay is slow to start most games. The first quarter is pretty low. They they usually try to get big plays to get them rolling, but it, uh, they can never get that to go for them. If I had to say I'd take the over in this game and Green Bay, right now it's three and a half. I think they can win by that. I think they could win by a touchdown easy here just uh, their offense is incredible but the Tampa Bay defense is very very good they're in the number one uh or their number one or two rush defense so Aaron Jones is going to have himself a tough day in that offensive line but I would take the over and Green Bay here on the spread the other matchup we have obviously being the Chiefs hosting the Buffalo Bills Chiefs I don't I don't know right now the line is three points to Kansas City. Uh, I would take the Bills easy there to cover that plus three uh, and money line. I, I'm full on the Bills bandwagon and the Bills mafia. Over under 54. If Chad Henney's in there, I would take the under. I don't know if they can put up 21 points with him in there. Obviously with Kelsey and Hill and all them. It's going to be tough to go against them, but I would take the under in this game. Shockingly, I don't. I just don't know. I think both. I think the Bills' defense is solid and can hold them up a little bit for two or three drives, which could be uh, the result in the under. And the Bills' offense, I do think they can score at least four touchdowns. But I'm basing this all off of Chad Henney and the Bills' defense, so I would take the under and the Bills straight up money line. Right now, that would be plus 327, so that's decent odds-wise for you if you want to look at that. So my Super Bowl, obviously, like I've said before, would turn out to be the Packers and the Bills, and ultimately, I do think the Packers win it. Their offense is incredible, and they haven't slipped up once this year. Oh, well, obviously, they've lost a couple games, but... And shockingly enough, I think one of their losses was to the Eagles, if I look back. 
Yeah, I don't know. They beat the Eagles. Who are their losses? They lost to the Colts. And they lost to the Vikings. And also they lost... Ooh. They did lose to the Bucks, 38-10. to Aaron Rodgers did not have a good game. Ronald Jones had a great game on the ground. Hmm. That's interesting to take into consideration. They got absolutely annihilated. Hmm. I still go with what I said earlier, but uh yeah, I think the I think the Packers are turning it up at the right time of the year. And I do think they win the Super Bowl. And Aaron Rodgers does get another chip to go with him and go into that Hall of Fame, build onto that resume. So yeah, that would conclude my NFL news. Hitting that 20-minute mark on the episode. I guess a couple other headlines going on in the world. Um, in the soccer world, we have Phil Neville stepping down as the England women's manager. Uh, obviously, the past couple weeks, there's been rumors that he's going to go and manage Inter-Miami for David Beckham's club. Uh, those guys are great buds. and this is a sign in the right in that direction so that would be a great sign for the mls to get somebody like phil neville in the league uh get more eyes on the league that'd be great to see uh going over back over to england though we have chelsea in talks i should say in talks but they're another team on the bandwagon of trying to sign erling holland the probably i would say the number one transfer target on everyone's list this year he has 35 goals in 35 Bundesliga appearances which is absolutely unheard of that's better than Lewandowski which is something I would never say but he is only 20 years old and he's lighting it up like this he's on Mbappe level he's playing better than Mbappe I should say and Chelsea would have to pay at least 90 million pounds to sign him uh he has a release clause of 75 million uh, pounds clause which doesn't go into effect until next summer 2022 which is when most likely teams are going to go for him but if chelsea want to get him this this summer is the time to get him they're going to have to pay extra but chelsea does have the money to get him i don't know what that's going to mean for timo Werner. That's obviously going to mean we're going to have to offload one striker. It's probably going to be Giroud. And that being said, Tammy Abraham probably would go too. Because I don't see Abraham, Werner, and Holling uh, all getting minutes they they like. If they're all at the club together. But I don't see Erling Holland coming to Chelsea. I don't think it would work. Plus, I think te- other teams are going to have more money to get him. I also don't think he'd want to go there even. With what we're doing right now, the only the only thing luring him probably would be the other German players with Havertz and Werner. Rudiger is another German player, but he's probably going to leave. He'll probably go to Italy. There's talks he's going to go to AC Milan or Roma. Roma is his previous club that he came that he came from when he came to Chelsea. So Italy probably be where he goes. Obviously, he's not getting his the minutes he wants and his first team football, which he deserves. But Erling Haaland probably would not come to Chelsea, I would say. And also, continuing soccer news, uh, Ligue 1 is looking to need a bailout soon. Uh, their TV rights 
nothing, no, 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 um, corporation what can agree or anything with the league. Apparently, they need around six hundred and thirty million pounds worth or euros worth of investment to continue the league. As right now, they're getting nothing. It looks like the league can can uh, go. I can't even talk, bro. The league might stop play for the rest of the year if they can't get any money coming into the league with TV rights. So that'll be interesting to see what teams like PSG do to keep their players and other teams in France from going to other leagues. Uh, there could be an, a big influx in league on players into the, Bundes or into the Premier League this summer if the money can't come in for the French League. So that's one thing to note this summer who who comes there due to the finances of the league uh and also jack wilshire i know evan evan would know big arsenal guy uh, jack wilshire is back in action he's he's finishing the rest of this season with bournemouth now after getting dropped from west ham uh glass on grass with them glass ankles uh he's getting some well-deserved football uh, he's put in great moments uh, watching back in the years at Arsenal. I mean, the, the, one of the most iconic goals of uh, Tiki Taka he was involved in. Uh, that goal against Norwich, I believe. Just one-touch football. And it was a simple finish, but great to see him back in, the, in soccer, uh, playing in the championship. Okay, and other than that, I don't really have anything else to say. Uh, I'm going to play golf with Evan and our brothers um, in half an hour, so I'm going to wrap this up, get something to eat, and then get going there. Uh, other than that, guys, follow us at Post20Pod on our socials. Also, follow us on our streaming platforms. You know where they are. And then also, we keep saying this, uh, you guys, if you're a visual person, go to our YouTube channel. Uh, click the link on our Twitter bio to find it. It'll take you right to our page. Click that subscribe button. And also, very important, hit that notification bell next to it. It'll notify you guys on when we post our new episodes on there for you to watch. Uh, and other than that, hope you guys have a great week. Uh, starting it off nicely with listening to this episode of Trips M. And go listen to our other content. It's all similar to this. We talk about sports, sports betting, and other things going on in the entertainment world and whatnot. So thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.